Welcome to Intersect Where Church Meets Culture. I'm Josh Desch, the lead pastor at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. And I am joined as always by my wife, Betsy, who is estupenda. Oh, thank you. (laughs) That was my feeble attempt at Spanish. And just so you know, since season three, you have begun to learn Spanish, Betsy. I have. That's my newest hobby slash project, spending 20 minutes a day learning Spanish. Slash side hustle. Um, You're actually getting, you're really moving along well with it. I'm enjoying watching your progress. It's very fun. I actually love it. So folks, drum roll, please. This is season four, Intersect. Can you believe that this is our fourth season? Actually, Bets, I was I was looking at this. This is actually our 50th episode release as well. Really? So that's kind of cool. Yep, wow. this is episode number 50. Well, okay then. On, according to iTunes. It's been a fun ride. It's been a fun ride. Mm-hmm. And folks, we've got some great stuff coming at you for season four. We've got a book review of the book Atomic Habits, which is actually what inspired you to learn Spanish. It is. Mm-hmm. We've got a two-parter on how we treat our bodies and uh, our, our physical nature and how that relates to our, our Christian faith. Mm-hmm. We've got some interesting discussions coming up on music. So we've got a whole lot of great stuff for you coming up here in season four. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to go ahead and start it off with a bang with this title, Exvangelicals Deconstruction and Deconversion. Mm -hmm. Lots of big words there, Betsy. A lot of our listeners are saying, what's an exvangelical? I know what an evangelical is. What's an exvangelical? Deconstruction. I mean, I know how to do that to, you know... Take a Lego set apart? A Lego, there you go. Mm -hmm. But what does that mean in this context of faith? And then deconversion, most people probably have a sense of what deconversion means to to walk away from your faith. But Bets, why are we talking about this? Who's ever heard of the word exvangelical, deconstruction, deconversion? Why is this even a thing? Well, this is a... um this is a trend that's been, or a phenomenon, I guess you could say, that's, I would say it's been gaining steam in recent years. So to give you a little bit of background, the word exvangelical, obviously that's not a real word, um, but that started actually as a hashtag by a guy, a guy named Blake Chastain. There's now a podcast also by the title of exvangelical. So he came up with that hashtag in 2016. Hmm. And so... Um, exvangelicals, there's a lot of ways to think about that word and to think about the movement that it represents. But I read in an interview with Blake Chastain why he came up with the term exvangelical and a little bit of what it's about. So he said this is a hashtag that he cre- he wanted to use that to create a safe space for people to find solidarity with others who have gone through similar experiences. So what experience is he talking about? He's talking about people who have decided that they no longer want to identify as evangelicals. People who say being in an evangelical church or evangelical space is no longer where I am. So I am going to say take an active role in leaving, therefore I am an ex-evangelical. That's right. That label no longer fits me anymore. Of course, the the way I think this really blew up was the New York Times article on John Piper's son, which maybe you could just highlight a little bit about that and kind of why that got so much attention and uh, a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, I don't know how many of our listeners are familiar with um, 
Abraham Piper. So everybody, I mean, everyone in Christian circles knows who John Piper is. The pastor out of Minneapolis has a, um, a huge following, has for years and years. His the, sermons, the Desiring ministry, God. Desiring God, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Well, so his um, one of his sons is named Abraham Piper. He's probably in his 50s or something. He's not a young guy. Um, but Abraham Piper has blown up on TikTok of all places as someone who... Um, I don't know that he would call himself an ex-evangelical. I don't think that he would, but he's someone who has certainly... He's left de- the faith. He's deconstructed he, his faith. Yeah. He's walked away from evangelicalism. That's right. And yep. so what he does on TikTok is make these very mocking um, videos, actually, that kind of these takedowns of Christianity. Yep. Um, and of, of ev- evangelical subculture. Yes, Evangelical absolutely. themes, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's, it's a pointed attack. Like, he's not going after Roman Catholics... It is. Or, or just right. Christianity at large. That's right. Yeah. So he was, uh, yeah, he was featured in a New York Times article just because of who his dad is. <laughs> his dad is John Piper. So you can see, you know, we all can think of people over the years who have walked away from Christianity. There's oh, yeah. Joshua Harris. That made a big splash a few years ago. Um, you know, Rob Bell. I don't know if you remember um he was. He was huge. Yeah, he was. He wrote a book called ago. "Love Wins," mm-hmm. which I think was basically promoting universalism. Everyone ultimately goes to heaven, mm-hmm. and and he went on Oprah, and uh, one thing led to another. And I think he would just call himself probably spiritual, but not religious at this point. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess on Rob Bell. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about the term deconstruction. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that process that some people go through as they wrestle with their faith, as they say, do I really still hold to what I held to as I grow as I grew up or what I was taught as I was growing up? Yeah, let's yeah, let's talk about deconstruction and then we're gonna get into a little bit of what does it even mean to be an evangelical mm-hmm. because that's one of those labels that we hear thrown around all day mm-hmm. on Fox News, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post. The way to identify voters. Oh, sure. It is like this label that we're hearing. And how often do people, does anyone pause and say, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. Like, what do we even mean when we say that uh, someone's an evangelical? But let let me go, Betts, let me answer your question. Um, What is deconstruction? Was doing a little research on this. Here's something from the Gospel Coalition, an article I found on their website, where where, um, this writer, Ivan Mesa, says, Uh, He says, according to one writer, deconstruction is the process of systematically dissecting and often rejecting the beliefs you grew up with. Sometimes the Christian will uh, deconstruct all the way to atheism. Some remain there, but others experience a reconstruction. But the type of faith they end up embracing almost never resembles the Christianity they formerly knew. Mm -hmm. So that would be um, the, the process, that you grow up in something, uh, then you come to, for various reasons and in various ways, you come to reject that. And you may come back uh, to faith and religion or to Christianity, but if you do come back, it's probably not going to look the same. And of course, there are those, like John Piper's son, up to this point, and maybe he will come back. That's always mm-hmm. an important thing that we should emphasize Sure. to to any parent or grandparent or anybody, you, or, or you know a friend who's walked away from the faith, you don't know the end of their story. Mm-hmm. But at any rate... Um, this is saying that these folks uh, walk, either walk away or they usually come back different. Yeah, so you're breaking down, Blake Chastain said in another place that I saw, you're breaking down one worldview in order to erect another. So you're kind of taking apart the pieces of what you held to be true 
and looking at them and saying, well, do I really think this is true in this light and in the light of this and in the light of that? And then rebuilding something. Yeah. Or nothing. So, so let's ask this. If evangelicalism is the Lego set that is being taken apart, being deconstructed, and then being reconstructed into something for people, whether that's faith or no faith, uh, we, we need to step back for a second and even say, like, what does it even mean to be an evangelical? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, especially since the presidency of Donald Trump, and we're not here to give a critique of him or to really get into politics, Republican, Democrat, any of that, but I think we would all agree that since the presidency of Trump, evangelical has been thrown around probably more than I feel like I've ever heard it as a voting block, mm-hmm. as a group of people, and as someone who still identifies as an evangelical, a lot of times it's like you're hearing people talk about you. It's like hearing somebody talk about your family or something. You're like, well, I don't know if that's really, you know. Is you're that really, fair? Yeah, is that yeah. fair? Are mm-hmm. you really describing us right? Mm-hmm. So, Betts, let me give you a little bit of history on this word evangelical in America. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's an organization called the National Association of Evangelicals. Walter Kim is the president of that. And um, they give the following definition as, according to their website, their organization, and they have a lot of different churches that are a part associated with them. There's sort of four things that you need to, that a person needs to believe in order to qualify as an evangelical. All right, ready for those? So Mm -hmm. here are the four. Mm -hmm. Number one, a person says, the Bible is the highest authority for what I believe. Okay. So that's... So, so therefore, um, to be a Roman Catholic evangelical would naturally sort of maybe maybe some Roman Catholics would say that, but but probably a lot of them would say I'm not not sure quite sure I agree with that statement. So it's it's a focus on the Bible, mm-hmm. which if you are familiar with the Protestant Reformation, that sh- that one shouldn't surprise you. Sure. The next one says number two, it is very important for me to personally for me personally to encourage non Christians to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. Mm. So there is an uh, evangelistic, very appropriate to the name. Sure. There is a missional, there is an outreach focus to being an evangelical. Mm-hmm. If you sharing take that faith. label, yep, if you take that label, you you think that sharing your faith is important. Whether you do it, whether you are great at it, whether you're not great at it, you at least think that you should do it mm-hmm. and that some people should do it. Right. All right, number three, Jesus Christ's death on the cross is the only sacrifice that could remove the penalty of my sin. Hmm. So here, this would go right back to the Reformation teaching of justification by faith alone, through grace alone and Christ alone. I cannot work. I cannot accomplish enough works to ever earn heaven. And then the fourth one is this. Here's the fourth one. Only those who trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Savior receive God's free gift of eternal salvation. Hmm. And that would be the exclusivity of Jesus and of Christianity. There's no other way uh, to have a relationship with God but through Jesus. Hmm. So that's that's how um, the National Association of Evangelicals defines the label. Now, I want to read you something from probably the best Christian historian alive today, okay? And I can say that because I went to a Christian college and I was a history major at a Christian college. <laughs> That's, that's so so this guy if he's awesome. not the best he's probably he considered top three I would say his name's Mark Knoll mm. no, nobody's heard of him but, I have 
But okay, well, yes, you have. But <laughs> but a lot of people have. And I mean, he's not like mainstream, but he's an incredible historian. And I, I was reading something from him called What's in a Name, where he's talking about this word evangelical. And he says this, in the media's obsession with partisan politics, evangelicals are the white conservative voters who provide overwhelming support for the nationalistic populism of Donald Trump. Mm. That is kind of in the broader, at least in the left, uh, the media that's toward the left, that is how they're using the word evangelical. Mm -hmm. Notice that it is really says nothing about a person's beliefs necessarily, um, doesn't talk about a person's commitment to the scriptures. It talks about uh, just their political affiliation. Mm-hmm. And so this is where, and we're going to get into later how this impacts people who are deconstructing. But you can see already why a lot of people are like, wait a second, I don't want that label. Mm-hmm. Because that description that I'm hearing so often in the media doesn't fit me. Right. Now, this same scholar, Mark Knoll, points out that actually, historically, that's not what evangelical has meant. Historically, it has meant people that have been very involved in what might be called progressive causes. So uh, things like opposing slavery, uh, the Women's Christian Temperance Union, which was fighting to protect women and children from, from alcohol and abuse and that sort of thing. All of, all of these movements at one time or another uh, embrace that label of evangelical. Hmm. So it's really a, a recent thing, maybe yes. even in the last five years, that the media seems to have made such a close tie between evangelicals and Republican slash right, I don't even want to say Republican, I want to say sort of uh, right-leaning politics, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, so when you think about why are we seeing this movement of ex-evangelicals, I'm sure there are people who are reacting to those four things that you listed, those four distinctives of evangelicals, just because our culture is getting increasingly secular. Of course. And so, you know, there are going to be people who say, well, the Bible, I wouldn't really say yeah, it's that it's of the air, highest... It's full of errors. Right. It's got a lot of weird stuff in it. Right. Yep. And, you know, it's oppressive to women. It's um, condoned slavery. You know, there are a lot of different... Oppressive to LGBTQ. Yep. Yes. Yep. 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 So there are there are people who object, who would object to those four things that you listed as defining evangelicals. Um, but then there are also things that are kind of tangential to that if you want to call it that core of evangelicalism that have provoked a very strong response by the the ex-evangelical crowd you know i i can think of several things like church too is a is a um hashtag now where where people are talking about abuses abuse in the church yep. absolutely yep. abuses well, that have well can you blame them Beth, no. with everything that's happened in the last two three oh, four five years goodness y'all i just yep. want to say i just think in the day and age that we live in it's very hard to get away with stuff. And so if you're doing stuff that is bad, somebody's probably going to catch it on an iPhone. Someone's probably recording it. Don't do it. it. Yeah. I mean, you you just want to say anymore, like your sins will find you out. And that's good. We need to bring this stuff to light. It needs to be exposed. And so I think that that aspect of the abuse and the abuse of power, sexual abuse, all these different things 
are really yeah. um, coming home to roost and, in a and lot Betz, of ways. And Bets, if I could give a plug to another podcast, which oh, yes. has gone viral, but some of our listeners may not know about it. It's called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill Church. Oh, we just love this podcast. Put out by y'all. Christianity Today. Mm-hmm. Probably the best investigative Christian mm-hmm. podcast reporting I've ever heard. Yeah, that's so good. And in so many ways, like everything, so, that's, everything that's wrong with evangelicalism is in that podcast. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it doesn't have a ton on politics. Right. But, but um, kind of the abuse of power, oh, yeah. the rise of celebrity, celebrity you know, all, all of, of those it. things that are, are really horrible and also just distasteful like that is on full display in that podcast yep yep yeah so so all of this is going on um let me let me go back to what mark knoll says he also says though that our traditional definitions of evangelicalism um they miss a huge audience in america okay and here's who it is african americans Mm. noel points out that there are a ton of uh black brothers and sisters who absolutely ascribe to those four theological convictions that I shared hmm. the authority of scripture the exclusivity of Jesus the the need to share the faith and yet generally for for various reasons that we don't need to go into uh, African Americans uh, tend many of them tend to tend to vote uh democrat not republican mm-hmm. and tend to not identify this is interesting tend to uh, be more comfortable using the label born again to describe themselves than evangelical. Mm. So it's, it's actually very interesting. You go to different organizations like the Barna Group or Gallup or whoever, and that's why you get these widely varying percentages on how, how many Americans are really evangelicals. Mm. It's because people don't even agree on the what categories. The, what it means or, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. But um, we shouldn't lose side of the fact that there's a tremendous amount of African-Americans in the United States of America that ascribe to all four of the things the National Association of Evangelicals says makes you an evangelical. Mm. So all of this is going into um, what's an evangelical. I want to highlight one more thing, Bets, and you know, uh, uh, and and my whole church knows, that I recently got back from Egypt, Mm. which was an awesome trip. I got to see the church in Egypt. I got to be around a ton of Arabic-speaking believers, uh, Egyptian believers who love the Lord tremendously, were an incredible example to me, inspired me in my faith, taught me a ton. And here's my point. Uh, so often with evangelicalism, we, we sort of treat it like it's this American thing. But but really, evangelicalism is so much bigger than America because if we really believe that it's the saving power of Jesus in people's lives, then our movement can't be defined by the borders of our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mark Knoll says that no matter how you categorize evangelicals, no matter no matter whether you you give them those four tests or you say you give them other questions that they have to answer a certain way toward. No matter how you define it, he says, all careful scholars now find more evangelicals, however defined, outside of Europe and North America than in these former evangelical homelands. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. So, so the scholars, they all agree that however you define evangelicals, there are now more of them outside of Europe and North America than there are inside of mm. Europe and North America. Mm. Of course, this would include Pentecostals worldwide. This would include so many different faith movements. 
and then I just one last uh, word here from Mark Knoll. He says, um, together they indicate that the politics and preoccupations of the American media should not be allowed to dictate what ev- evangelical means. Mm. And it's like, wow, thank you. That is a very helpful comment that the whatever's going on in the political climate of the United States, that should not define what makes a person an evangelical. Yeah. Yep. It's got to be defined by something different. Well, so that's kind of, you know, like you said, that's kind of at the core of the word of evangelical. What do we mean by that word? You know, how would how would you and I identify as an evangelical? Um, so getting back to the ex-evangelicals, you know, you can say that's what evangelicals are about, but we all know that there is also this evangelical sub- subculture that has a lot of different elements thrown in. And it's not a monolith. There's not like things are the same everywhere. You know, some places, some churches, some movements are more categorized by some things than others. So my question for you is what do you think um, are some of the different elements of the evangelical subculture of the evangelical movement in the U.S. that has led to people saying, we're jumping ship, we want out? Yeah, that's a great question. In fact, Bets, I would say that is the question right. that we have to be wrestling with. If we're not, we're failing in the church. Mm-hmm. We're absolutely failing. Um, and, and so I'm going to go, The f- my first answer is going to be where you would expect. I'm going to say the younger generations are seeing a mix of politics and religion that they mm-hmm. find odious mm-hmm. and that they say, no, I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. And uh, again, you know, how fair that is, whether they're seeing that from their own family or whether they're seeing that from their own church, maybe they are just seeing the news and just sort of accepting that. But there are a lot of younger people that are saying, wait a second, if being an evangelical means I have to be a Republican, I don't want to be that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do lean Republican in their politics, but they just say, this should be a separate area of my life. Hmm. Of course, politics matters. It's our civic responsibility. And your faith informs your politics. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's our civic responsibility and our faith should inform our politics and we should be thoughtful and careful voters. But when you start to mingle those things, mm-hmm. when you when you mix the peanut butter and jelly and you, and you make one thing and you don't keep them separate, mm. there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I'm out. Like, I don't, I don't want that. And, and that doesn't seem to be what I'm reading in the scriptures mm-hmm. because Jesus, our own Lord and Savior, rejected setting up an earthly kingdom. Mm. Yeah. Right? Amen. All right. What about you? I have, I have another thought here, but what about you? What, what are you seeing as a reason that people want to give up the label evangelical? Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of different, I mean, it's so complex, so layered, I know there's a, there are a lot of people reacting, as we already said, to um, abuses of power, to sexual abuse, to mm-hmm. um, you know misogyny in in certain ways. Um, so there's there's that whole angle. Also, I think that um, by virtue of us hearing these very public deconstruction stories mm. through social media, through there's even documentaries about people who have deconstructed. Um, I think it helps people to know 
that that's a legitimate option. Like there's a community for you, even yeah. if you don't identify as a believer, you can still find the community that church provides in some ways <laughs> in a different way. Isn't like that ironic? you can opt out of the church community and then you find community with the opted out community. And um, so I think that yep. there there can be that kind of thing too, is that when you hear more and more people who, you know, you're hearing stories of deconstruction and maybe these are people you really respect, then you say, oh, well, you know, oh gosh, those are things that I, I hadn't thought about it from that angle or whatever. And then you can find your people who are opting out together, if that makes sense. Yep, yep. Yeah. Bets, we are going to explore this more in the second part of this episode, Exvangelicals, Deconstruction and Deconversion. Once again, we would ask our audience to find our group on Facebook, and we'd love it if you'd give, if you'd rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Everybody knows this is why every podcast says it. It does help, so we'd love it if you'd do that. Thanks for listening. All right, see you in episode two.